one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs, we're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Hi, I'm Brigitte Noël, investigative reporter with Québécois. Today's episode is about UFOs, or rather, the media's coverage of UFOs. Now, before you write this off as an unserious, wacky episode, hear me out. There's currently an outlandish Facebook event making the rounds on the internet. One million people are planning to swarm Area 51. That's the highly classified Air Force base in Nevada, where the government is rumored to keep its UFO-related research and perhaps evidence of alien life. The idea behind the event is that if a giant crowd were to gather and rush this very secretive compound, it would be too much for security to handle and people would finally be able to break in and discover the truth. So most of these people are probably not actually going to Area 51, but this crazy scheme has become so popular that it's gotten coverage in HuffPost, CNN, National Post, and a bunch of other mainstream media. 
The truth is, UFOs have made a comeback in the last few years in our cultural imagination, and the media coverage has followed suit. Stories about UFOs have graced the pages of very austere and reputable publications like the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Atlantic. Recent pieces have analyzed different aspects of the phenomenon, how the military is reporting more unidentified flying objects and what that means, or how China has built a giant satellite dish which could be used to communicate with beings beyond this planet. This latest UFO craze might stem back to a 2017 New York Times cover story, which revealed that the Pentagon was secretly funding a classified UFO research program called ATIP. That's the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. This was exposed by former military intelligence official Luis Elizondo, who claims to have run the program until 2017. It's a claim that has since been disputed, and this shocking story is branched off into a bunch of different directions, with plot twists that involve former Blink-182 member Tom DeLonge, allegations of undisclosed conflicts of interest, and potentially shoddy journalism. But how should the media be handling such a controversial and sensational topic? To tackle this difficult question, and to untangle all of the latest UFO controversies, I'm sitting down with freelance reporter Nick Rose, who is quite honestly a bit obsessed with this stuff. Nick is, full disclosure, a very good friend of mine. He used to sit beside me when we worked together at Vice and constantly bug me about his latest UFO scoop, but he's been on this beat for a very long time. That's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. Okay, Nick, first of all, I think I want you to clarify this because you've scolded me over this. 
UFOs and aliens are not the same. And no. this is important. It is important because an unidentified flying object is not evidence of any kind of extraterrestrial technology or intelligence. Right. However, they will be used almost synonymously. Maybe even with this podcast, you'll put some eerie sci-fi music on when, in fact, we're talking about things that are flying around in the sky and appear to be defying the laws of physics. If UFOs are not necessarily aliens, then what are they? They're unidentified, by definition. There is an extraterrestrial hypothesis put forth that it's these craft coming from other solar systems with more advanced technology and, you know, for some reason, crash landing here in some cases, in other cases, kind of hovering. But there are other possible explanations. Yeah, what other countries' super-specialized technologies? Yeah. And it's worth noting that UFO settings have been happening for millennia. There's a passage in the Bible that talks about how a metal wheel came out of a cloud and four angels shot out of it. This is an ancient text, but one that sounds a lot like a modern UFO sighting. Back then, these things were maybe interpreted as angels or divine. In the 1800s, before airplanes existed, people would say there was like these ships floating in the sky. It's also possible that these phenomena is the military testing its own technology, weather balloons, swamp gas has been proposed as an explanation. So, you know, it's like cloud formations, cloud formations, comets, shooting stars. And then now that we have aviation, it's interpreted as a more advanced version of what we have. So it's always kind of been explained as something just beyond our grasp technologically or spiritually or whatever. But they've been happening for a long time and they're not kind of fixed to this 1950s pop culture interpretation. Okay, let's take a step back to this 2017 New York Times story that kind of sparked this latest craze. They're unidentified, they're flying, and they're objects. The (laughs) fact that a secret department in the Pentagon thought they were worth millions of dollars of investigation has many wondering if the truth is out there. Dun, dun, dun. What was this article about? The Coles notes of the 2017 New York Times article is that Harry Reid, a senator from Nevada, allowed this $22 million black budget to investigate aerial phenomena that pose a security threat to the United States. The military didn't understand a lot of the events they were seeing in the skies as reported by pilots uh, and Navy officers. It adds a lot more weight when you are saying, like, look, the government is saying we don't know what this is. And the government... There's video of it. Yeah, government officials, the army, the public service is seeing these things also, not just Jack in his backyard. Yeah, and they're providing video evidence directly to, you know, in this case, the New York Times about these objects that they claim they've seen. UFOs. UFOs, basically, yeah. But see, again, they avoid that kind of language in official documents. Because it's stigmatized. Yes, exactly. They think he's saying aliens. And all of this was revealed by a man named Luis Elizondo. Tell us about him. Luis Elizondo is a man who claims that he worked in the Department of Defense in charge of a program known as the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also known as ATIP. He told the New York Times that he was tasked with investigating these reports as part of this black budget $22 million project that they made public. And Elizondo was interesting because now he's working closely with Tom DeLong at To The Stars Academy. Tom DeLong being one of the founding members of Blink-182.
Yes, shortly before the New York Times article was published, Luis Elizondo resigned from the Department of Defense and then went on to work with Tom DeLonge to the Stars Academy as their director of global security and special programs. Okay, so from New York Times cover story whistleblower to punk band partnership having UFO promoter, like what yeah, happened there? Yeah, he, he lent a lot of credibility to the To the Stars Academy by being associated with them. Okay, let's talk about To the Stars Academy because that's kind of a, a nebulous organization. So Tom DeLong leaves Blink-182, becomes obsessed with aliens, starts this organization that's called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Basically, it's turned out to be like a production studio that's making UFO-related content, recruits Louis Elizondo, and they've produced a series yes. for the History Channel. He ran the Pentagon's top-secret UFO program. They tracked 100 of these things. Unidentified inside America's UFO investigation. And I guess that shows that when you become an important figure in the UFO world, it's a fine line between being someone with scientific experience and someone that joins the like UFO conference kind of wackadoodle circuit. circuit. Yeah, people should be skeptical when the military is saying all of these things. And, you know, they should also be skeptical when the guy who wrote the piss shit song for Blink-182 <laughs> is saying, I, I I have truths about the UFO phenomenon. An amazing quote that was in Newsweek, and I just want to read it. If Elizondo is trying to lend credibility to research on unexplained sightings, why would he partner with a guy whose band had a hit album titled Enema of the State? Exactly. Okay, so essentially, this has been written about at length. Luis Elizondo really brought to light this thing that no one knew about, the fact that the Americans were spending money on this program. And the fact that it was in the New York Times obviously gave it a lot of weight. However, first there was the partnership with Tom DeLonde, and then there was also the fact that The Intercept just put out an interesting article which kind of pokes holes in the New York Times reporting. Yeah, well, it certainly threw a wrench in Luis Elizondo's claims that he worked for the Department of Defense, specifically on ATIP, because by speaking with both the Department of Defense and to the stars, they realized that there's a lot of holes in Elizondo's story. They had a lot of difficulty proving that he did indeed work for the Pentagon on this project. So parts of the story, wherein Luis Elizondo exposed this obscure government program, parts of the story had not been fact-checked? Well, it's very nebulous, all of the information surrounding this, because we're in the realm of classified information and black budgets. And then in the Intercept piece to the stars, has they have other investors. Yeah. Who is George Knapp? So George Knapp is an investigative journalist from Las Vegas. He's famous for having broken the Bob Lazar story in the late 80s. Bob Lazar claims that he worked on a base adjacent to Area 51, a base called S-4, where the United States had nine recovered flying saucers and that he was hired to reverse engineer the anti-gravity technology on these flying saucers. There's a recent uh, Netflix documentary about him that has gotten a lot of attention. There's a lot of drama surrounding this. They've never been able to establish that he attended the schools he says he attended. and That he even worked there. Or that even worked there, or that S4 even exists. Yeah, there's a quote in the documentary where he explains how frustrated he is that he has to prove that he worked for this program. And he's telling the journalists, like, why can't they prove that I didn't work there? They can't prove that I didn't work there. Yeah, it's not a very high standard of scrutiny that he's subjecting himself to. 
But George Knapp made his career because of this story, because he reported on Bob Lazar. He became really famous and then also segued into the UFO circuit and yeah. made money off of that. So, But George Knapp was also a shareholder in Tom DeLonge's To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. And it was only disclosed to The Intercept once they kind of prodded him on this. Which doesn't help the cause of serious UFO reporters who are trying to shed light on this. Exactly. Exactly. And it kind of casts him in a different light. Right. Yeah, it's a complicated he, game. It, it is a complicated game. For starters, Bob Lazar was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Recently. You used to work at Area 51. And Area 51... Well, you know, we careful. want to be accurate. Okay. Area S4. S4. Okay. It's about 15 miles south of Area 51. Okay. You know, 10 years ago, I remember reading about Bob Lazar going, this is nuts. Like, this is so crazy what this guy's saying. And to think that 10 years later, he's on a platform like Joe Rogan's podcast talking about this wild story that there's no evidence to support is crazy. But again, it shows the appetite of the general public to learn about this stuff. Most recently, I was at the Contact in the Desert conference in Palm Desert, California. It's the biggest UFO conference in the world. And I kind of went there to just kind of profile the people who were there and, and try to get a feel for people young and old who are fascinated by this. And there was a really impressive breadth of humans there. I spoke to a 24-year-old exotic dancer from Michigan who knew more about UFOs than I did. And she paid for a trip all the way out to California to do this. I spoke to a 60-year-old retired health professional. She was there on her own. And they were all very open-minded. And interestingly, they were all very suspicious of government reports and military reports, specifically the New York Times articles. A lot of people thought that this story coming out in the New York Times, which was heavily reliant on military sources, was a, still a way for the national security establishment to still control the narrative surrounding all of this. But then the national security establishment turned around and said Luis Elizondo didn't work for this program. Yes, exactly. So it's a complicated web. Exactly. And ultimately, we're left with more questions than answers in this field. So when the media reports on this stuff, they take the military's point of view and then I guess that's it. Who else can you verify? Yeah. There is a very heavy reliance on military sources and documents in this field. And that is strange that journalists are so open to these kinds of sources because to assume that the military industrial complex is this kind of benevolent figure and to assume that they don't have their own agenda is, I think, very naive on the part of journalists. But then how, who else do you contact? You There's know, a credibility problem in this field. There is because, some, other yeah, because so much of it is reliant upon if you're going to report on some guy in, I don't know, the Ontarian wilderness who saw a UFO, there's only testimonial evidence most of the time. Whereas I spoke to one UFO researcher called Jacques Vallée. He is independently wealthy and he investigates all of these things on his own. He goes to the most remote parts of the planet and investigates those cases. Of UFO sightings? Yes. So tell us about Jacques Vallée. Well, anyone who's seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Spielberg film, is kind of familiar with Jacques Vallée. He was the basis of the Lacombe character, who's portrayed by French New Wave director François Truffaut. 
Vallée is a very interesting kind of polarizing figure within the field of ufology, as it's officially known. Ufology. Ufology, yes. It makes it sound very... Uh, Scientific. Empirical, yes. Yeah. So Vallée, you know, he has degrees in astrophysics, mathematics, and a PhD in computer sciences. He's a man of science, and his research is based in science. However, having worked on Blue Book and those projects in the 60s... And the Blue Book, again, is... So Project Blue Book is the U.S. Air Force's official investigation into the UFO phenomenon in the the 50s and 60s. Okay. So it looked at reports by civilians being made to the Air Force. And so Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who's an astrophysicist, he was hired as a scientific advisor. And his job was kind of to apply science to understand what these could be, most of which were debunked. However, there's still 800 within that that are considered unexplained still. And Alan Hynek gave Vallée access to the Blue Book files. And he says he went through every single case one by one. And, you know, not only did this make him sort of suspicious of military documents because Hynek was kind of being used to just explain away many legitimate cases, but it also made him realize the knee-jerk reflexes within science to automatically disregard any kind of report of UFO Because many people think you're implying that you saw an alien, which is not the case in many reports. As a journalist, if someone were to call me tomorrow and say, like, I saw a flying saucer in my backyard, can you come investigate? I don't think I would go. Would you? I would certainly be curious about it. I would ask questions. I I think in some cases, according to Vallée and many other researchers, sometimes these sightings will leave physical marks like the Falcon Lake case in Manitoba. What is that? It's a UFO sighting case that took place in 1967 in Manitoba. A man named Stefan Michalak, he was a mechanic, blue-collar guy. He, was, he, he loved hiking, and he went up for a hike in the country. And he stumbled upon what he described as a saucer with a, a kind of hatch door with light coming out of it. And he walked towards the light, he claims, looked inside, and was kind of thrown away by some sort of force. He was extremely disoriented after the, the, the craft was gone. And he stumbled back to his home. He had trouble seeing. There there was a very strong physical effect to what had happened to him. And as newspapers reported shortly thereafter, he had these kind of weird waffle iron shaped pattern etched on his chest. It burned through his shirt. So this to me is an interesting case because there are physical markings. And, you know, he went back to the site where he said he saw the UFO and claimed that there was markings on the ground. It's probably the most well-documented case of a UFO in Canadian history. In fact, in 2017, on the 50th anniversary of this, the the Canadian Mint issued uh, $1 coins with flying saucers on them with, you know, kind of a a beam shooting out at poor Stefan Michelak. I wonder if there'll be a Heritage Minute. I would love to see that. So would I. But that shows the extent to which there is still interest in this case. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just tinfoil hat people who are into this. The Canadian Mint is deemed this worthy of commemoration. I think you can be a tinfoil hat and work at the Canadian Mint. It's (laughs) entirely possible, yeah. (laughs) But I think something like that where, you know, there is physical evidence of something happening, not just someone saying, oh, I saw this in the sky. Yeah, what makes you trust a source that has seen a UFO? Well... You know, ultimately, unless you're there, you can't confirm whether or not it happened. But when you do speak to these people one-on-one, 
they think they're crazy. They're really questioning, in many cases, their sanity. It's disturbing for them. They don't want to go public about it. And very often, they have an emotional response to seeing something so jarring. It makes them question, you know, the, the kind of the basis of reality, which I think that in itself is an interesting factor surrounding all of this research. And again, often neglected because people would rather talk about aliens. It feeds into some kind of hysteria also coverage of UFOs. Yeah, absolutely, because it all gets filtered through this, like, alien narrative that it just has permeated pop culture since the 1940s and 50s. It's worth noting that the term flying saucer was invented by journalists. Journalists were also complicit in generating all of the frenzy surrounding the Roswell crash. It, it was the headline of the local newspaper that said Air Force recovers crashed saucer in Roswell area. That's what a lot of UFO researchers and enthusiasts point to as evidence that a flying saucer did in fact crash in Roswell. What was the Roswell story? The Roswell story is one of the most well-known UFO cases because in a famous newspaper article from 1947 near an Air Force base in New Mexico, something crashed on a man's ranch. He called the authorities and they showed up and According to some reports, there were you know, pieces of metal with strange hieroglyphics on them. And then if you were to follow the kind of the pop culture interpretation of this, it got the remnants got picked up and brought to Area 51, that there were little humanoids among the, the wreckage of the crash. I mean, it's all very exciting, but no one really knows what happened. And the U.S. military has since said it was a crashed weather balloon. And, you know, it's quite possible that the flying saucer story was leaked out into the media of a way to kind of divert everyone from the secret technology that was being tested by the American military. So UFOs could be covers for military tests? Yeah, it it's in the interest of top secret aviation programs to just confuse people with these reports. So it's in the interest of the military to manipulate journalists. Yes, exactly. That's where I'm going with all of this. Yeah. Yes. What do you think of the fact that a million people now are uh, attending an event where they storm Area 51 to find the truth? In case you missed it, theories of a cover-up have long swirled around the Nevada Air Force Base known as Area 51. And now a Facebook campaign hopes to force the truth into the light. I think it's insane. <laughs> There's a page on Facebook called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. And it's hosted by shitposting because I'm in shambles. A legitimate organization, yeah. I'm sure. Which may have started off as a joke, but now there's 1.1 million people who say they're attending and 900,000 people who say they're interested. So some people might show up. Even if 1% of those people show up, it's a lot of people. But if your editor were to send you... I'm already lobbying for that, but <laughs> of course. I would definitely stay outside of that perimeter because it's a highly secure base and there are signs saying you will be shot past a certain You will point. be shot? Yeah. Oh, America. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we all need a break from all the terrible news that's out there and this is kind of a relief? I think it's more science fiction than, than science fact. I think this is a way for people to distract themselves and kind of blur the line between real life and some sort of fantastical reality just beyond our grasp. So as a reporter who covers this, what tips do you have for journalists who may find themselves having to talk about these topics? I think it's important to have an open mind, for sure. I think it's important to do your own research and speak to people who've seen UFOs, who, you know, not the Bob Lazars. You know, I've spoken to numerous pilots who 
say they've seen bizarre objects flying around in the sky that, and these are people who understand, you know, G-force and aerodynamics far better than I do, or the general public does. And they're saying that what they saw up in the sky does not follow any kind of conventional technology that we have. It tends to be underreported because if you're a pilot and you're in charge of, you know, the lives of two or 300 passengers and you call ground control and say, hey, I just saw a flying saucer. You're the laughing stock. You're laughing stock. And career wise, it's it's not a good move. And the pilots I've spoken to who either have made reports to federal authorities or omitted to do so, we're, we're very mindful of the implications of that. So the stigma that surrounds this is going to prevent us from learning more, really. Yes, because it prevents, I think, a lot of the legitimate cases to being exposed. Because to go out in the media and say, I saw, you know, in the case of one woman I spoke to, a UFO descend from a cloud, and then an orb dropped out of that UFO along with DNA helices flying around. I mean, she this happened 10 years ago. She's never spoken to the media about it. It was very disturbing for her. It, it's kind of like being gaslighted by God. You you think you're completely insane. Gaslighted for... by God. <laughs> but DNA helices. Yeah, that, that I don't understand. But it's not uncommon for people to see certain archetypal symbols, whether they're spiritual, scientific, or whatever. But those cases are, I think, worthy of further investigation, not the ones that have been written about 10,000 times in the media. Why? What got you interested in this? I think like most people, through the pop culture lens. But then I just started going deeper and deeper, reading guys like Jacques Vallée, who take issue with the extraterrestrial hypothesis. And that kind of pushed me to another direction. I feel like you take issue with the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Yeah, I do. You take bristle it. when I say it. Yeah, I, I do. Because that, I think that's a big reason why so many reports are not taken seriously is because there's an assumption that people are saying they saw aliens flying around or, you know, tripping on uh, telephone wires and landing in the desert. And yes, there are people who claim to have seen beings come out of these craft and everything, but there's no evidence to prove that. But there is something happening in the sky that the military and the Air Force are having a very hard time identifying and understanding. You know, what Valley proposes is an interdimensional hypothesis. It's, right. it's a theory rooted in physics and the multiverse and saying that there's these objects could just be little blips in space-time the time travel. Time tra- Yeah, time travel or, yeah. Like it could possibly be time travel, yeah. Is that the Matthew McConaughey movie? Yes, exactly, yeah. Like uh, that. Yeah. Uh, so as opposed to traveling these huge physical distances from one solar system to another, that it's it's little folds in, in space-time that are being traversed. But again, this is all speculative, rooted in physics. Mm. There are many other explanations. And something that Valley says is that the the extraterrestrial hypothesis is not strange enough to explain the facts surrounding these cases. You're you're dealing with findings that are so bizarre that to just to use this like antiquated 1950s theory, you know, applying that to current sightings, I think falls short of coming up with a legitimate explanation. Do you think we need to change the discourse in Canada? Is it keeping us back from like amazing scientific discoveries? So many of the stories surrounding UFOs are sensational with like little quips or jokes about aliens. And it's like, these findings are out of this world and all that kind of oh, stuff. Gross. <laughs> and that is not good for anyone. Like, yeah, okay, it feels good to put a little joke in your, your article. It kind of lightens things up. But ultimately, it just feeds this narrative of extraterrestrials visiting us. And it's it's a narrative that has not been proven yet. 
And so I think it is worthy of more serious scientific investigation. And UFOs can remind us of our cosmic infancy, that we don't understand how the universe works, and that science does not have all of the answers. And that's fine. That's cool. And that's that's something we should be comfortable with instead of just immediately dismissing anyone who says they saw a UFO, ask them questions. I think any good journalist or good scientist will come to a conclusion after looking at the data, not before looking at it. And, and so much of the scientific or journalistic reaction comes before having even really looked at what's going on on, on the ground. Thanks, Nick. You're very welcome, Brigitte. Thank you for listening to me. <laughs> That's your Canada Land for this week. I'm your guest host, Brigitte Noel, investigative reporter with Quebec Or. You can find me on Twitter at bridge underscore Noel, B-R-I-G underscore N-O-E-L, or you can listen to me via my podcast, a French-language series about drugs in Quebec called Narcos PQ. You can find Nick Rose's writing on Vice and Pitchfork.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Nicolas Chocolat. That's N-I-C-O-L-A-C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T. And you can find Canada Land on Twitter and Facebook at Canada Land. The website is canadalandshow.com. This episode was produced by Kasia Mihailovich and Jordan Cornish. Managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like this show and you want ad-free versions of all Canada Land podcasts, go to patreon.com slash canadaland. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.